Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. Leslie and Matthew don't agree on everything. And that's no surprise, right? I mean, it's part of the human condition to disagree. And in my opinion, life would be boring. We wouldn't grow at all if everybody just agreed with us all of the time. Disagreements allow us to open our mind and think of other possibilities. But when it comes to relationships, money, and the mixing of the two, agreements well, compromises at least, are necessary. And these compromises look different for everyone. They can be written, signed by the necessary parties, or with a handshake or nod between friends. It also may look like what we're doing now, talking over Skype between screens, trying to work through the conditions and factors that can help Matthew and Leslie come to an agreement about their financial relationship and their marriage and their corresponding roles. Remember, their homework was to write about how their money personalities meet their primary needs. It was fun doing it together because I got to like, we got to respond to each other right away. Yeah, that's cool. I saw some of the references to each other in there, which was good. Well, he was on his laptop and I was on the big computer and I could see what he was writing. He could see what I was writing. So we were like, kind of like bantering back and forth a little bit there. It was... That's funny. Nice. (laughs) What... I found interesting is if I drew an arrow to from one, the first one on each, I don't know how to describe it, but if I basically paired your primaries together and your secondaries together, it was, it told the exact story that I would think it would tell. So like Leslie, for example, um, your primary human need is love and connection and your primary money personality is a spender. And we talked about this last week, um, as far as, you know, a lot of the reasons why you, you know, the things that you spend money on are in order to get that love and connection back. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with the secondary, yours is certainty and your secondary money personality is security seeker, which also matches up, um, quite nicely, right? So obviously the security seeker is fulfilling that need of certainty. So I thought that was really interesting that it kind of matched up just just right as far as like the human needs aligning. Um, and then with Matthew, um, your primary is certainty and your primary um, money personality is security seeker. So um, again, you know, being the security seeker is going to give you that certainty. And then, um, with the secondary yours is your, your secondary human need is growth and your secondary uh, money personality is saver. And, you know, I think if we think of growth in terms of, um, you know, growing from a, 
you know, a financial perspective and kind of, um, climbing the financial ladder, if you will, um, then those two align very well. The only thing that I would say is that Matthew with, um, your top two human needs are somewhat in conflict. So I sound like an astrologer, but I'm not. Um, But the reason I say that is because in order to grow, obviously you have to, you know, take risk. That's right. Um, And so I think that, you know, there you're going to have to, and if you don't already make conscious decisions to, um, you know, be okay with some uncertainty in order to, to attain the growth that you desire. No, and that definitely makes sense. I mean, I think that I do that where I take calculated risks for things I research and make sure that I know what I'm getting to, but I know what the risks are getting into it. He's really into mm-hmm. putting money away for the retirement, even if we don't have the money to put away into retirement. Remember, Leslie and Matthew have been together for over 10 years. They know each other. They can tell when the other is sugarcoating it, holding back or holding their tongue. They're quick to jump to each other's analysis and fill in the missing bits of info, which is awesome. Matthew explained that they put aside funds for retirement every paycheck, and Leslie mentioned that he wanted to put their entire tax refund into an IRA instead of redoing the basement. In general, I'm a proponent of saving for retirement. Enough of us aren't taking this seriously. But oftentimes we don't have a realistic grasp on what it will take to retire and be able to live the lifestyle we want to live. But more on that next time. Right now, the important thing is to be sure that we have goals we both agree on and that we're both on board with so that when you decide that you want to achieve the goal, you are able to make adjustments along the way and nobody's mad about it, right? Everybody's on board and excited to achieve it. I think that it's really good to have attainable goals. And that's why I'm really into this every two weeks, what we do, because it is, it's, it's attainable and it's, and it's um, tangible. You can actually see it and see the money growing. And um, I think that's really nice to see. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then Matthew, obviously, yes, the, the recurring theme in yours is stability. And I completely understand that. And I think, you know, even, Leslie has the need for some stability. And luckily, you know, I think she's felt stable. Correct me if I'm wrong, like, you know, most of her life. So it's not as, um, as scary or fear ridden to need to feel that stability, I think is why she can put the, the loving connection, um, and spending above that. Um, but I think, I think that it's a good compliment that, you know, you, you have these, you know, stability seeking behaviors, (laughs) um, because, you know, life is uncertain. And I think that, you know, as much as you can be prepared for those things that happen, um, you know, the better within, within reason, obviously you kind of have to live life in the meantime as well. Right. And I I think that based on what you were saying last time, Leslie is able to have more of the love and connection because I think I provide some of the stability in her life, I'm there to catch things and help out and do things like that. Um, you look, that was a little bit looks. of mansplaining there or something. It's not mans- oh, I don't know. <laughs> like I mentioned in their first episode, there are different kinds of love languages. Matthew expressed his love through acts of service, and for him, providing stability is one of those services. Leslie expresses love through touch and words of affirmation. 
This all factors into how they justify their human needs. Love and connection for Leslie extends beyond their relationship and household. Women cannot do it all. We cannot be working full time and raising families and being good wives. You cannot do all of that at the same time. You have to have help. Remember that? Women can't have it all, the nine-to-five job and the family. This was one of Leslie's limiting beliefs. The rope to her cow. The idea that holds her back from her financial vision. I'm into the love and connection because we're raising three children. We're both working full-time jobs. And I need help with picking up kids on days that the kids get out of school early. I have, like, my village. I'm very into my village of people who I can, I can text, email, call at a moment's notice that can step in to help out because I do the same for them. That um, I'm, you know, I'm having a rough day. Someone will make a meal for me or I'll make a meal for somebody else. You know, I'm going to Costco. I, you know, text a few friends. What do you guys need? I'm going to Costco. Vice versa. They do the same thing for me. You know, I think as long as you're both on board with those things, then I think it's an awesome way to live life. And I think it's an awesome way to have a community around. Do you see how the way Matthew deals with money is a form of love? No, I see it as a, I see it. I, I see the way that Matthew deals with love as a product of his, the way he grew up and mm-hmm. as a, as a fear for what he sees his parents going through. And, um, and I see it as a way Matthew likes to be in control of everything, everything. So I, I see it as a way of, of another way of control. And I know that he loves me very, very much. And I know that he loves the children and I don't, he doesn't have to prove that to me. But I don't see his control of money. I don't see his the way he views money as a form of love. So, okay. Is that okay? No, it's okay. <laughs> Matthew, yeah. um, like, a- a- am I getting somewhere with the fact that, or with my thoughts that, you know, this is part of how you love? I mean, it is. It's, it definitely is. It's where if I'm able to provide stability and if that stability comes through with a little bit of control here and there, it so be it that at the end of the day, we've got food on the table, you know, there's air conditioning and heats and clothing. And <laughs> there's places, air conditioning and heat the way that you want the air whatever, conditioning. Whatever, and ways to get from point A to point B. And, um, you know, we, we do the things we're supposed to do. So, yes, I, I will own that one. Okay. Um, I did. Go ahead. No, because it's not a form of love. It's a form. It's a form of like making sure that we're covered, but it's not a form of love. And here we find ourselves at our first disagreement. Leslie doesn't see Matthew's desire to provide stability as love, but I would venture to say that it is a version of Matthew's love in the way he provides it. So I think it's fear. I think it's fear more than love. I think there's a difference in perception in terms of extra. Extra for you is a little bit here, a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there that have not necessarily been earmarked for something immediately. For me, extra is all the bills are paid, the loans are paid off. We've put towards retirements to the max. All right, fine, we got a little extra over. When Matthew and Leslie entered into their marriage, Leslie didn't have much debt. This wasn't the case for Matthew, who had tons of student loans to pay. Leslie doesn't let him forget it either. There are Matthew's school loans. I pay for, and I know that's not really fair, but that's how I view them. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I, I, I obviously need to shut up about it and stop. Like, I can't, I can't change it. It's, 
when I want to, when I want us to go on a vacation, when I want to go and get a new piece of jewelry, when I want to buy a coffee table that matches our, I mean, you should see our house. We've got like none of the furniture is anything that we bought new. It was stuff that was given to us or stuff that was like bought like third hand. Nothing matches anything in our living, in our dining room and in our family room. And so if I want to go decorate, I can't because we've got the student loans. Right. I, I, I will not, I will try very hard not to bring it up again and not to feel, um, annoyed. Resentful. Resentful. Thank you. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a struggle for me because it was a year of law school that he didn't even finish. Plus the, right. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, no. And I completely understand. And I can understand how it is frustrating. Um, and I think that there, there has to be an area of compromise that we figure out exactly how, you know, um, both of you can kind of have what you want along the way, not just in 10 or 15 years when you pay off the debt. Yeah. Even loans are a reasonable thing to be conscious of when handling finances in a relationship. Leslie just wants to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, she just feels like it's money that keeps going out of the door with no reduction in debt or end in sight. Leslie's response to Matthew's role in their finances seemed to hit a different nerve. So what is it that you're feeling annoyed with in the really in the financial relationship then in terms of like, is it more that you want to, instead of paying off debt, you'd rather save to do things around the house? I want to have money to do um, the house. My, 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 I understand that we can't. I get that. My frustration comes when he turns the lights off because... Um, it's, it's costing money to have the lights on. I'm like, but I'm in the, I'm about to go in that room. Like I, I went to go to the bathroom and you turn the light off in the room that I was just in right back or the M&M yogurt. It's not saving that much money and it's not worth the argument with the kids to have, to not have the M&M yogurt, you know, or the ease of having it already made and the three-year-old can get it out of the fridge himself and help. And, and, and I don't have to be there for him to eat kind of a thing. Um, right. It's, it's, so it's a stupid little um, like nickel and dime things. It's not the big expenses that we argue about. And here we find ourselves at another disagreement, a kind of debate that seems to be an ongoing saga in their household. Eminem yogurt and Matthew's penny pinching tendencies. Do you see how like that's ridiculous? No. So the way that I look at it is if something is as ridiculous as an Eminem yogurt and it costs as much as actually more per ounce than ice cream, I would prefer the ice cream. And I know for the ice cream, I can have a bunch of nights, you know, half a cup or a cup of ice cream, a bunch of us can have it. And we're happy because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a decent dessert. Um, whereas MM yogurt, there's four teeny little half cup servings and half the time the kids don't eat okay. it. So that's really frustrating to me. I think that, I think that what might help, that's ridiculous, but if, Right now, the the debt is the real issue that we have. Um, we can the, mm-hmm. let's let's just talk about the student loans. If by the end of our sessions with you, if we have a concrete plan that we plan on paying off this debt by X day, you know whatever month and year that is, if we are able to um, to meet that or exceed that, if we're able to meet that. And we're able to keep up with all of our other, um, all of our other financial obligations. Then things like M M&M and yogurt, really, you don't have anything to argue about. 
like we're we're doing what we need to do. And it especially exceed that. Because you're on the you same. Because when Matthew and I make a goal, we usually exceed the goal. You know, we'll make a modest goal and then we'll aim to to get it done faster. Can we agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. Sort of, but do you get my point about the the small, stupid amounts. And yes, but we're not buying ice cream ridiculous. anyway. So it doesn't matter if this is what the kids like. It doesn't matter. We don't buy cereal hardly at all. The kids don't eat cereal very much, which is ridiculously expensive. Like they're eating eggs and beans and, and like they eat pretty healthfully and they don't eat expensively. They're not buying, you know, the, the ready-made lunches. That makes sushi every once in a while. With the, once in a while. So can we go on record, recorded here, and agree that if we can meet the financial goals that we are going to set for ourselves, that we can be less nitpicky about the littler things? Potentially, yes. Yes. He said yes. And this is how agreements are made, folks. When both sides share their opinion and concerns and we gain an understanding of the concerns at hand, we're able to really talk it out and come to an agreement. This is awesome. A lot of times when you have someone who is a saver and someone who's a spender in the relationship, It helps to have a sum of money each week or month or whatever that can be spent. No questions asked. I find that this gets rid of a lot of the guilt, hiding, and resentment around spending on splurges. Matthew and Leslie mentioned that this doesn't work for their lifestyle, so they tend to use their long-term goals and planning in order to keep themselves on track. All right, so let's move on to the primary financial goals. Um, So... You know, I so good job on like trying to drill down on why, um, you know, why you want these things. Um, I could really see the progression, which was kind of cool. Um, and so obviously your your each of your financial goals are different. But I think the cool thing is that, um, you know, there's a way to meet both. Um, we just have to kind of plan for it. Um, and so I did have a couple of questions on them though. Um, so Leslie, your primary goal was to, um, have enough money left over to buy new furniture for various rooms in the house and redo the basement. Um, And then you kind of drill down to get to because life is short and you want to be happy. Um, And, you know, I totally get that. Is it also like I would I would venture to add something like you want to feel proud of your home. You know, I get that. I I completely understand where you're coming from on that. Um, So I think, you know, I think it's fair to find a way to work that in, you know, throughout the time of meeting the other goals as well, which Matthew, your goal is to pay off debt. Um, and I thought this was really cute. Your, your final why was because you want to be able to plan a romantic vacation and not fret about the loans, which I thought that was very you sweet. A little help How did you there, feel about yes. that, Leslie? No, <laughs> no I, I think it's fabulous. And we went away for our 10th anniversary last year for one night and we would have gone away for a little bit longer and done more activities while we were there. But, you know, we were in austerity measures. Matthew didn't have a job yet and we couldn't afford it. But um, I know that it, it's something that he enjoys. And um, I get love and connection from other people, Matthew and other people. Matthew really only gets it from me. So I understand that that's really important for him to go away with just me. So, yes. 
Um, I did write down though, because I think in your primary goal, your um, Matthew, you wrote something about um, your goal being in more um, everything except for mortgage paid off in 10 years. So my question was, is the romantic vacation like not, do you have to wait 10 years for that in your mind? That's such a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, right, right now, if you were to look at our cash flow, I think the biggest items are mortgage, and then below that is car payment and loans. Um, and I mean, this is not even including school, uh, cost of schools and camps and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, once the loans are done or some next big chunk is done, going on these like once a year type of vacations, like, you know, something nicer or longer than we had before is um, possible. I don't, but that, that doesn't make sense to me because like we went to Las Vegas for free. Um, you can find ways of doing things for the cheap. We went on this um, Hilton Grand Vacations thing where they try and get you to buy something. So we had to play for, pay for air for, mm-hmm. airfare and they put us up in the Trump Hotel for three nights and we had a really nice time. It was very, very nice. It was lovely. So I think that you can, one can definitely, um, Matthew, sit down. can you sit down? Yes, yes. Um, I think that, we can do things without, I think to wait to live our life is stupid because then we might not love each other at that point in time. Yes, we've paid off the loans, but we argued and, and not had time together and we're going to hate each other if we wait like that. And we're going to be resentful because I'm going to be 50 by the time we're able to go on a romantic vacation. You're right. So we will go. Did you hear that? He said, you're right. I heard it. I've got two guesses and you're right. <laughs> Woo! That is right. <laughs> um, awesome. I'm. This is progress. <laughs> do you think that we do? Like, I'm really looking forward to when we get down to the actual numbers and crunch them. That we can have yeah. a tangible, like, this is how much needs to be paid off towards the loans, and this is how much you need to put towards retirement, and then whatever's left over after all the expenses, including retirement and loans, that's the discretionary money for us to go on vacations and. Yes, to redo the house and do all the things. Yep, and, and, and we can decide that we're gonna, and, th- and that's the discretionary money for me to go buy coffee tables and dining room furniture and things like that. Like that can add up right. very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So Yay! We can go to the beach right now. I'm looking forward to looking at the numbers as well. We're gonna go over that in the next episode. Numbers and actual values help us figure out how to reach joint goals. So how Leslie can buy matching coffee tables, how Matthew can ease his student loan worries, how their kids can consume as many small ounce servings of M&M yogurt without their parents batting an eyelash. I think we're really making progress here. You see, often we avoid having these conversations because they cause strife. They cause annoyance. They cause resentment. But if you can feel comfortable to have the conversation with your partner or have someone facilitate the conversation, real progress can be made. This is why I believe that it is so important to help people begin to be comfortable in talking about money. It is why I do this podcast, not because I helped Leslie get the M&M yogurt, but because we're finding a way for both Matthew and Leslie to be happy and relaxed when it comes to their financial allocations. This week's homework is for them to analyze their bank statements and assign a color based on the type of expense. Is it necessary or is it a splurge? I find that this exercise often is very eye-opening for people to see just how much money gets spent with each month on things that are splurges. 
Oftentimes, we just swipe our cards and don't give it a second thought. But those $20 items, the meals, the splurges, they add up. So join us next time where we see what their current financial situation is, including their net worth, their debt, and where money is going, and whether there's room for the new coffee tables. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend, or five. I'm Azure Ashby, and until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,